Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Good morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Gonzo, also known as Super G, is in the building. And today, we brought in a very special guest, a brilliant educator within the crypto community, and somebody who needs no introduction on our show. We got Waters Above joining us on this Monday, so I'm very excited for today's episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how 2024 could be the year for crypto history books. As several major catalysts are on the horizon, we're going to ask our special guest to break down the year of the X. And with the largest financial firms on the planet shifting digital over the next couple of months, we break down the details, showing our community the major catalysts that are on the horizon for the entire crypto community. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, we went through them. We already know. There's a lot of conversation we're going to get into today. I'm going to waste no time with this episode. So how you feeling, my friend? Thank you for being here as always. Um, so I'm feeling great. It was a great weekend here family-wise, but I know overseas Middle East was very rough. I want to send love and prayers to everybody out there whose families have been affected by whatever the heck is going on out there. It's very, very tragic and sad. So uh, sending love and prayers to the Middle East folks. And I just want to say good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. We love and appreciate you guys for showing up every single day. And it's going to be a great episode. We got Gonzo and our man Waters Above on the air. Can't wait to hop into all the predictions he made are coming true today. This man is amazing. Absolutely, Gonzo. And if you didn't know, this is the symbol for the Waters Above gang, I guess, the wolf pack out there. This is what we're rocking with this morning. First yeah. of all, how you feeling, Gonzo? And thank you for being here. I'm feeling good, man. I'm just feeling very blessed today, especially that we have Waters on. That Red Pill podcast from yesterday was fire with all the connection points uh, to the Yom Kippur War and the 50-year anniversary from 1973. And so, like, when we talk about these things, we understand that there are real lives that are being affected and that people are dying but, you know, at the end of the day, we're kind of a, a, a crypto centric kind of channel. And, and we talk about like investment strategies. Right. But like for the trolls that are going to show up in the chat, like I just don't want to hear it anymore. Like how long ago has it been that like waters call that we're going to get the black swan? And I know that he doesn't want to be the predictions guy. Right. I know he says that all the time. But like, I just don't want to hear it anymore about that. Oh, it's bullshit or that Gamatra is this or that because the proof is just right there. Spot on, Gonzo, and shout out to the supporters as well, because there's a lot of them in the live chat this morning, but we're going to talk about everything today, Waters. We're going to get into some geometria. We're going to talk about what's happening overseas, but first of all, how are you feeling this morning, and thanks for being here. 
I'm feeling better every day. I'm glad to reconnect with you guys so soon <clears throat> after our recent uh, podcast we did last month. And just, yeah, looking forward to chatting, filling in all these uh, gaps and concluding on some of the things that we spoke about over the past couple months because it's all kind of unfolded recently. And it's been pretty shocking. But what's interesting, guys, is that Waters has provided that insight long before these opportunities happen. And you actually tweeted out something on September 26th that was an indicator for what we witnessed this weekend. But before we get into this, guys, we already got 341 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Thank you for being here on this Monday. We're going to start this show off the same way we always do by checking out the Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That is at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. Go smash that follow button. I've been super active on here the last week doing three, four tweets a day. When we check out some of the daily movers this morning, it is red across the board. Most of these tokens are about 4% down. But when we look at the total market cap, we're sitting down about 2%. At 1.07 trillion this morning, Bitcoin is over 50% dominance at 50.1%. Ethereum is about 18% dominance. When we check out Bitcoin's price chart, we are sitting at 27,400. Ethereum, 1590. We got XRP at 50 cents and Cardano sitting here at 25 cents. And we're starting off with a debt clock this morning, Waters, because this was something I found to be very interesting. We talked a little bit about where are they sourcing this information from, but I want to show our listeners what is on the United States debt clock this morning. It said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. This is symbology at its finest. So I think it's a great place to start the show, Waters. First of all, do you take this seriously? Do you even consider the numbers on the debt chart? But second, what's going on here? What are they indicating with that quote? Yeah, we got into this a little bit before the show started. I was questioning what, where does this source of information come from with the debt clock? Like who's who created the site? Who's the programmer? Who's the team of people behind it? And uh, it's obviously not the Federal Reserve. It's not any central bank. Um, it could literally just be like a group of, you know, tech guys at a college somewhere that are running it. So we really don't even know what the actual numbers are. We're just putting our faith in this stuff. So that's one thing. That's kind of the way I roll. You know, a lot of the time, whatever is popular is wrong. Whatever is well never is well known about, not the most accurate and not actual truth. But uh, I do find it to be very interesting how the moment this thing hit 33 trill, we started to see them completely rebrand and add in a different aesthetic on this website. And now it has all these bell bells and whistles. And now they're throwing up these quotes. So it's like, why did they wait so many years to make this look the way that it does right now? They, they started to shift it around a lot. And of course, you guys and many others have probably seen little screen caps from different sections of this deck clock showing some uh, abnormalities, some weird, you know, some things that are a little precarious and of course tied to gold or, or anything else that's happening. So, yeah, I just want people to exercise their discernment here. Not everything you're looking at on this deck clock is truth. I would actually go ahead and assume that almost none of it is true. It's all just maybe a prediction model tied to some sort of algorithm. And that algorithm is being fed from whatever prior data has been released to the public. But we all need to be aware that there's two ledgers, right? There's one that they tell you, and then there's the one that operates in the shadows. And if you're not savvy enough to you know realize that then you got to study the federal reserve system why it was created and why it's so powerful and how it continues to be so powerful even though we know that's just debt it's just make-believe fairy dust that we all believe in waters we're going to move on from this but there is one stat that really caught my attention here look at this 715 billion dollars will be paid in interest alone on the national debt 
people often focus on, well, we sent 100 billion overseas or the, tr the crypto market today is only a trillion dollars. This year alone, we're going to pay nearly a trillion dollars in interest on the debt. How not how, like just give me your thoughts there. It's almost unbelievable how quickly these numbers have grown. And like you said, a lot of them could be fake, but approaching a trillion dollars in interest, it's shocking for me. Yeah. Well, again, like who are they paying that to? Jerome like Powell, what institution? Yeah, as it go to Jerome Powell's, uh, you know, foundation. Like, who gets that money? Yeah, I don't even. It's money that's printed out of thin air, then it gets, tr it has interest on it, and then it goes where? Like, I mean, it's it's pretty wild. Like, I think we're in this environment right now where the numbers are just so um, above and beyond, and we're in la la land, and it's starting to desensitize us. Can you all agree? Like, we're starting to be. It's just desensitizing. We don't even know anymore. Like I, I, I remember it was like about two and a half years ago. I opened up a business checking account with American Express, and it had like zero point seven percent. Yeah, it was like zero at zero point seven percent earned interest. Right now, it's at five percent. Like they're just giving you all this money. Like it's and it, there's no cap on it. By the way, you could have. A hundred dollars, you could have a hundred thousand, you could have a million, and they're still giving you five percent every month on that million compound. Like that might be a little trick for some of you guys out there with an LLC. You go get a business checking account with American Express. I mean, I don't know if they're accepting everyone, not financial advice, but that's pretty wild, you know, to think about how much has jumped up the amount of interest they're paying out. It used to be on a standard uh, personal bank account, like what zero point one percent, like. You know, holding cash is a scam. We know that. But during bear markets, if you're able to situate some of your fiat and something that's earning you 5%, that's way better than sitting in risk assets that are losing 95% of their value. So if they continue to keep these interest rates at where they're at, I mean, it's just it's just wild. I think we're becoming desensitized to it all to the point where it doesn't even make sense. Well, maybe we can give our listeners a little bit of insight this morning, Waters. And before we even get into all this, we got 481 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Thank you for being here. Smash that like button. But this is what I'd love to start the show with today. People have talked about for a long time. You brought it to the attention of the crypto community. 2024 is the year of the X. And we saw Elon Musk change Twitter into X app. We've also seen XRP and XLM. The case is over. I'd love for you to break down some of the numerology that you've been seeing within the market. 2024, you've stated is the year of the X. I follow all your content. But for somebody who doesn't, where would be a great place to start? Well, that's a great question. I mean, I do my best on my YouTube channel to try to break everything down and keep it nice and simple for everyone, even though I'm quite aware that it's a complex and esoteric set of topics. You know, when you even get into numerology, it's a lot. Most people that learn about numerology, they just learn about life path. When most people learn about astrology, they just learn about tropical astrology and like they read the zodiac, their zodiac, you know, whatever is is happening in a local sense, but they're not looking at, at it from this grandiose perspective. And yeah, this is where my study of getting into mythology and, you know, just esoterica in general, it has all this backbone. And with that knowledge, I've been trying to reduce it down to the simplest form to make it something that also people can take and then go do their own research built off of it. So they're not just taking what I'm saying as some sort of gospel. You know, I'm a big proponent of leveraging on my community and the people who resonate with my work as they can teach me. 
because there's people that specialize in forms of decoding that I don't even touch on that I, that I don't even put too much of my energy into. That's what's so beautiful about my community and what we're doing. And I'm, I'm always willing to learn from them, even down to the pronunciation of words. I try to get that information, too, because I'm fascinated with language and etymology. But coming back to the code um, with my system, and we're looking at right here on your screen, XRP typed in and you're getting some numbers here. So I'll just tell people the ones you want to focus on are the first two, the ordinal and the reduction. Ordinal is very simple. It's ABC equals one, two, three. That means that Z is 26. And if you were to scroll down a little bit, you're actually going to be able to see um, the numbers coded out. So Gamatria is an alphanumerical cipher system. In English ordinal, it's ABC123. That's the easiest way to remember it. And that means that X is your 24th letter. The symbol, the symbolism of XRP is X. We know that what you just said earlier, Elon turning Twitter into, well, he acquired Twitter, right? This is important, guys. This is where we go deeper into the code. He acquired Twitter for $44 billion. I teach this quite often. You want to speak out the word of, you want to speak out the numbers. So 44 becomes two fours. There's your 24 again. And what does he turn it into? He turns it into X Corp. X is the 24th letter in the alphabet. Okay. Type in Ripple really quickly and you'll see what you get. When you type in Ripple into that Gamatria calculator, you're going to get 76 in English ordinal. You take seven times six and you get 42. 42 is the mirror of 24. This is how you work with numbers. You always look at them forwards and backwards. You can multiply in either direction and you know it's going to give you the same outcome. So for those people that are like, what did he just say? Why does that matter? Just think mathematically. When you start getting into decoding, you're not just thinking simply based off of the letters. You're combining it with their numerical value and the same thing with the principles of mathematics. So is this starting to make a, a little bit of sense as providing some groundwork? Absolutely. Well, I think it's... I think it's best to consider that when you're working with these things like Gamatria calculators and numerology and any of that, it's important to go back to the origin of what these things stand for, what they represent. So this is how we just go simple and we use common sense. What does ripple mean? Well, ripple is the ripple effect. This is tied back to water. So we have water symbolism here, right? Well, isn't it kind of interesting that Ripple just invited all of you out to a pool party in New York City where they flooded it out? I find that pretty hilarious. But jokes aside, that's the ripple effect is water symbolism. And if it's water symbolism, then it goes back to the mythology of Poseidon or Neptune. So this is how you would decode further, right? And you could keep playing around with this stuff all day in any mythological, you know, kind of teaching that you would like. And you're going to find some profound stuff like type in rip, uh, type in Neptune really quickly. And you're going to see a code. <clears throat> you're going to get 95. So 95. Now I want you to type out Ethereum and spell it correctly. <laughs> there you go. You get 95 again. This is like school. It's like waters above. Uh, oh, no, I may. I may have to leave the chat if this turns into, a, into an educational. Set. <laughs> what happens if you type in Hinman? Does that equal Ethereum? $15 million? <laughs> Good point. <clears throat> so, so this is how we would use this code, family. <clears throat> we want to have what is Ethereum? What is Ether? Ether is a back Greek mythology. Okay, so it's the brighter light. It's the upper air that the gods breathe. Okay, and this is how we start really having a system that is based in something. 
all of life was based in the mind of man, the belief of man, and whatever wherever we were at logically and based in the reason of the times. The crazy thing is the new world order, the apex predator, the people who rule this world, the stewards of our matrix still follow the protocol of the mythologies. Their bloodline goes back to those gods, to those divine beings, which are just divine aspects of the mind of man. So if you think the ether is for the elite and we get everything below, we get the table scraps, we have debt. They have true wealth. So I can keep going on this forever, family, but I just want to keep it super simple for everyone. We were talking a moment ago about XRP. We're moving into the year of 2024. We're also moving into the Hebrew. Well, we're in the new Hebrew year of 5,784. That adds up to 24. Again, we have all these X's. And the most important X of all of them is we have this thing called the Great American Eclipse which we need to talk about because the first eclipse is technically happening next week. And this is the method to my madness. This is how I was able to determine that there would be a black swan event between the end of Jubilee and the solar eclipse of October 14th. I've been talking about this now for pretty much almost a year publicly on YouTube videos and in interviews and podcasts. So the idea behind this is because cryptocurrency specifically pivots off of eclipses and anyone who wants to deny this just go back to 2022 and you're going to see two of our lunar eclipses were where we had the complete collapse of terra luna on a lunar eclipse terra luna and then we had ftx both on lunar eclipses the absolute low that happened on bitcoin right around the lunar eclipse the ending of the bull run happened on a lunar eclipse and this is also coded into a bigger system of lunar and solar cycles, okay? So the solar eclipse that we had on April 20th that just passed recently, you can see that Bitcoin topped out slightly before that. We had a little bit of a correction, and then we recovered from there. We even made a new high in the year. And that was something that I was talking to expect, because even though we have these prior iterations of cycles for Bitcoin going all the way back to like 2012, we're still pretty limited in data. So I, I again, I want to keep this simple and kind of keep everyone on track here. But we're moving into the second solar eclipse of a solar cycle this week. And that's big, because if you look at every iteration of Bitcoin's price action in the past, going all the way back to 2012, you're going to see a theme here that every second eclipse after a solar cycle starts, you have your final buying opportunity for Bitcoin. It's really as low as it gets. And what you also see is something we're watching happening right in front of our eyes, which is Bitcoin dominance starts to really pump up. And you see that if Bitcoin goes 1% down, it could hit, it could hit an altcoin 5 to 10%. So Bitcoin is just going to drain dominance. I don't Listen to my words right now, family. I don't give a shit how much you love XRP or how much you think it's going to win the case and do the left, right, 589 bullshit. Like here, here's it. If Bitcoin dominance goes to 54%, it's going to be very difficult for XRP to be doing the things you want to imagine they're doing. You know, it's just the way this market moves. So what does that mean? Bitcoin is a buy opportunity in the short term, and XRP is still going to be in a buying opportunity essence for quite a while. And that's a good thing. That's positive. That means more chance to accumulate. That's why I am looking for the year of the X 2024 as the year for XRP to go parabolic. 
that, in my opinion, will be the year that we start hitting some of the numbers you're looking at right now, which are 14, 15, 22, and 23. Those are the numbers that I see being the big numbers to hit for XRP. So, so even what? though I'm telling you right now that Bitcoin dominance is going to get a little bit of you know a jump and it could harm the alts for the short term, that's just accumulation opportunity and the long vision is still lots of ROI. So it's it's interesting to, for me to hear price targets that high because oftentimes when we look at the market and we talk about things like the Fibonacci's, and I don't know if this plays into some of the Geomatria stuff as well, we're looking at like $10, $12, but it's interesting. You're saying that we can use these indicators as as it shows us what's to come. So why are these indicators important from a price standpoint? What leads you to believe that we're going to hit the 14, 15, 22, and 23? Is it as simple as that's what it's showing us, or is there more to it going on behind the scenes? Yeah. Would you mind? I could actually show my screen, and I could just pull up a chart really quickly and give That'd you guys awesome. an idea. of Yeah. So I'm going to attempt to do this. Sometimes it's not not too easy. All right. Let me know if you could see my XRP chart. Perfect. I'm sharing it now. All right. I know there's a lot of noise over here, guys. Just disregard it. All I want you to look at is I pulled a Fibonacci based on what Abs just said so that if you guys are, are savvy with what this is as a basic tool of entry-level technical analysis, I have a Fib pulled from the all-time high in January of 2018 down to the swing low of the C19 crash of 2020. And you see all the way up here, the 1618 is actually at $27. Wow. So my targets of 1415 <clears throat> end up to 22 and 24 based on what we just said. We have one other number based on the technicals, and that's right around 27. And you want to know why that's so powerful? Because in Gamatria, Ripple equals 27. That goes back to Jupiter equaling 27, which is completely coded in to the vibe and the essence of XRP. That's a little bit more advanced. Check out my YouTube videos if you want to learn more about that. But needless to say, um, I'm not pulling these numbers out of nowhere. You know, this is a this is what Bitcoin did in the last many cycles. It made it up to the 1618. And by the way, I'm looking at a logarithmic chart. And when I double click on the fib after I pull it, you want to make sure that you have this setting turned on. It says fibs levels based on log scale. So it's not out of the question by any means. And one other thing that I want to mention, I'm going to take all this noise off for you guys to keep it super simple. If I was to pull this chart and do like a weekly, we have a really long term range Wyckoff schematic. So anyone who's unaware of Richard Wyckoff, go learn about him. It's pretty much the basis of foundation of my method. But we're taking this moment right here as your what is called buying climax, which is when all the buying pressure is exhausted. Then you have down here with our C19 crisis, this would be your selling climax when all the selling pressure is exhausted. Then over here, you have what happened into June, <clears throat> May, June of 2021, right before um, we came down into what we're calling the bear market that we're still in. Well, this was a lower high. We never broke all-time highs. You guys are well aware of this. And we would call this phase an automatic rally. This automatic rally is still an insane opportunity to take profits in. So, And now we can look back and, and prove that. But then after that phase of an automatic rally, we build structure, we build support, and it has a lot to do with the horizontal trading range. And if I was to just hold my cursor here at 31 cents and you look from left to right on the screen, you could see what's up. You could see that 31 cents was pretty much a level that was so critical and so important for XRP to hold. And the fact that we came down there, bounced on it multiple times and have continued higher lows since and higher highs, by the way, that's 
powerful, that's structural, and that's telling us that we're in the stages of recovery. But what's the next phase? It's called SOS, sign of strength. And we would indicate sign of strength if we could break above these 2021 alt season highs. Until then, we're in accumulation vibes. Now, Bitcoin fulfills these moments in three to four year cycles. Not every coin can, and that's proven. And that doesn't matter. It doesn't, the SEC case doesn't matter, family. Some people are going to like be really mad about this. We know it doesn't matter because look at what happened to XLM. Look at what happened to Litecoin. Look at what happened to Dash. Look at what happened to Monero. None of them went into these parabolic new all-time high price discovery, correct? Many coins didn't. Digibyte didn't. A lot of coins that we knew about from the last cycle, they never went into price discovery. Bitcoin did, and it's continued to every single time. So Bitcoin's Wyckoff schematic is kind of fixed based on having cycles. I know there's people out there that are like disbelievers in the having, but until it deviates from that, then we could talk and have another conversation. But it's been spot on every single time. The same thing that happened in the last three cycles, Bitcoin is doing right now to the T because it's based on astrology. It's not based on your opinion about what Elon's Twitter is doing. There's nothing to do with that. Has nothing to do with the white paper. Has nothing to do with, you know, like the ETF and all of it. Like that stuff that they give you, the exoteric stuff to make you feel like it's doing something that we control. But it's astrology. So getting back to this, this means that it's been coiling up for a very, very long time. And when it pops, it's going to pop really dramatically. And we know that that's possible because look at what XRP did back in the 2015 cycle. It had a really arduous long-term consolidation range. I could pull it up on my chart to just give you guys a visual. So you can see <clears throat> we had on the Bitstamp chart, this is pretty nice. You go to weekly, could zoom out and you see we had this cycle over here. And I'll just do it stage by stage for you guys. We had buying climax, selling climax, automatic rally, Christmas tree top. That was very classic. Then we have this really arduous sideways, choppy, low consolidation range. And then it gets exhausted and it can't stay that low for too long, meaning the selling pressure is exhausted. Then it just popped. So that's kind of the thing that I think we're going to be seeing next. There's going to be some sort of exoteric event that will occur could potentially be in April. I'm just going to tell you now. <clears throat> I think XRP has the potential in the month of April to be wild. March, April, May, that's 2024. 20, I personally anticipate some big moves for XRP. You could quote me on that. We'll come back then if I'm wrong. But this is kind of the essence I'm, I'm expecting. Waters, I got to share my screen for just a second, but keep your screen shared because I want to tie a document to the dates that you had just referenced. Check this out, guys. April 16th, 2024, prior to the pretrial conference, councils from Ripple and the SEC will meet and discuss a settlement for the ongoing litigation that's taking place today. So it's interesting, Waters. You're talking about April esoterically. Well, we've got the litigation of the exoteric to also prove that. One of the things that really caught my attention about XRP in 2021 was nobody was anticipating a bull run. When we got sued by the SEC, we went from 70 cents to 17 cents. But what you stated is what's really interesting. There was an automatic rally during that bull market that took us from 17 cents to $1.90 with nothing. No news, nothing positive, no fake yeah. catalyst. Only really negative. Price. So yep. maybe you can explain, do you think it's going to take another catalyst for us to experience that again? Or is it as simple as this is what's coded in, we can prepare and this is what we're going to experience? This is why Wyckoff was the man because he wasn't like, it wasn't about all this new shit. 
like the news is the broken compass. We've went over this before. North, east, west, south. Good luck with that compass. It's broken. This is what is distracting people. All this X, you know, I, I keep calling it Twitter. I'm going to continue to call it Twitter. I'll be like that old geezer that's like three years from now. I'm still calling right. it. They haven't come but up you know with a good I'm... word for tweeting too. They need a they need a substitute. Yeah, I'm Xing. That sounds like a sexual, like you know. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound good at all. <laughs> it sounds horrible. Yeah, but no, out. no, I think go back to my. I, I urge everyone if you want to have a little fun, you could always go back to my channel back in, when I started because it was right around the time of that March into April move that happened for XRP, and I was calling for a one dollar XRP at the time, and I was vocal about de-risking the entire moment. All of the chop up to that one, I think it was 186 was probably the last um, de-risk I did. And that had to deal with Gamatria. So the reason why is Ripple equals 86 and Mercury equals 86. And there was code tied into both of them. But anywho, I, I used my coding system as a part of my de-risking process. It worked out very well. And uh, needless to say, I was calling for these sorts of end of the energy um moments because of the fact of some of the technical indicators that were coming in so i don't want to get too too complicated but we were looking at volume volume wasn't really there when we made it up to around a little bit under two bucks and then we started to see dramatic changes in the overall crypto market based on bitcoin and when bitcoin keeled over we saw that affect uh xrp as well now what was the end of the alt season it was moving into a lunar cycle so we had a lunar eclipse in May of 2021, I believe, right before the start of the Shemitah. The Shemitah started in September 2021. And uh, this is why I was really, really vocal about if you want to take advantage of de-risking, it needs to be at the beginning of a Shemitah year. We only get them once every seven years. So when we have that Shemitah kicking in at that time, it was another sign of like, it's probably not going to go much higher. This market is really esoteric, and I know it's hard for people, but what you just said before was so true. Even with the fresh SEC case against Ripple, we watched Ripple do an incredible run up to almost two bucks. So how? You know, how after we've had the quote unquote clarity from what's happened with XRP being no longer deemed security, why are we not at two dollars right now? Mm, that's you know what I'm question. saying? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> Look, yeah, and I'll tell you why. Really I'll tell you why this is going to hurt people's feelings. It's because Bitcoin isn't at 70,000 yet. Yeah. If Bitcoin yeah. gets back up to those levels, it will bring everything else with it because Bitcoin is the power plant of this market. It's it's like the uranium of the market. Like we need it. Yeah. And yeah. that's actually just to go exoteric for a second. And I think we might have talked about this before. And I get the question every single day. It's the it could be the the Bitcoin ETF. That could very well be the thing that's short term, like really short term. You know what I'm saying? To just yeah. get it to be an interesting conversation again, because right now crypto is not sexy. You guys know how this goes. You could tell crypto sexy when like the biggest influencers on earth are talking about selling their NFTs. Now they're all silent. <laughs> yeah. Like crickets. so, crypto's not sexy, sexy right now, you know. And that's for you guys who are tuning in today, like my people, your people. Like this is the best time to get excited. Get excited yeah. whenever when it's boring. Get excited when there's blood in the streets. Get excited when no one when people are calling it a scam. You know, that's when you want to be accumulating. Johnny Crypto, I'm gonna kick it to you for a follow-up question here, but I got one more question for Waters when it comes to the XRP price chart. Oops, sorry about that, Waters. If you could pull your screen up just one more time, I want to ask you a question about what happened in 2017 
we saw XRP's price go from a fraction of a penny to about $3.68 at the peak of the bull run. And what I find so interesting about that is it was another opportunity for XRP to rip without any major catalyst. So I'd like to I'd like for you to elaborate on this. Are we on the precipice of something similar or is that something we'll never see before? Like I said, 70,000% gains in 240 days. A lot of XRP holders are banking on something similar. Well, let's quickly just for for fun, let's take from where we're at right now and then measure up to 20, you know, just to see. So at 20, we'd be a 4,000% gain. So not even close to the past. Um, Now let's just have a little fun and look at the Bitcoin chart and let's look at how much Bitcoin went up like on the second cycle. Because remember, Bitcoin's like three, two, two and a half cycles ahead, technically. Um, XRP is still stuck in this cycle, if you think about price. Um, so yeah, let's just have a little fun. Let's take from this top right over here of December and pull it up to, to about here. Yeah. We got about a 200% gain off of, off of top. Let's see about 200% off of this top. Yeah. That would around 200% gets us to 10 bucks, you know? So if we were to just kind of mimic what Bitcoin did from the 20 K level to the 70 K level, that'd be the difference kind of, uh, from XRP price discovery, breaking above 330 and getting to 10 to double digits. Now, if we were to do that and we were to make it to to 20, for instance, bro, that's only 500%. So I'm not saying that we will do a 70,000%, but I also don't want to hear people telling me that my $20 price is like crazy. Because if we just look at market cap and compared the current supply of XRP based off of those levels, that's not insane. You know, I think we would only need about like a 90 uh, and you guys could correct me, but I'm going to do my best to just pr- kind of assume here. We would only need about an eighty-six to ninety-five thousand dollar Bitcoin for a twenty thousand, or sorry, for a twenty-dollar XRP to be sensible. You know, for for all things considered, the only thing that's a a gray area is the stablecoin market. It's a big. It's just a, a Ponzi. Right. And people all the time are like, "Well, it's it's what keeps Bitcoin up." I'm like, "You haven't done your research. Follow the money." Follow the money. Bitcoin is like what the fifth biggest asset by market cap on earth. It has a higher market cap than Visa. Hmm. Like you think that happens because of the minting of fake of stable. Come on, wake up. And I want to give a shout out to people like this because there's a lot of them and I'm not calling this person out. Simi Ryan says Bitcoin will go to zero and XRP will skyrocket. I think it's so important to not get stuck. (laughs) I know, but there's a lot of people who comment this on Twitter, on the YouTube channel. It's never going to be a situation where, first of all, all this technology ends up on one ledger. A lot of people do the calculations. There's $250 trillion transferred every day. If that ends up on XRP, we're going to be 589 That's not how it works. We're going to have different ledgers <clears throat> doing different things. But Bitcoin, it's never going to go away. This is what Waters has been elaborating on. It's built in. This is the PSYOP to get everybody involved in this market. That's why I think some of the biggest people on the planet are so comfortable talking about Bitcoin. But Waters... Maybe you can elaborate. Do you think there'll ever be a day? And I know the answer where Bitcoin goes to zero and XRP skyrockets. You would have to shut down the whole internet. That's not happening. You would have to have a complete, a complete shutdown of the power grid. Um, Okay. Let me just clear something up really quickly because I think it'll be fun. When I got into the market really heavily as like a, not even an investor, more just like I was educating myself, right? I was doing my own research. I heard the same story from the XRP army, because I was interested in them. By the way, shout out to Bearable Bull, because he was like the first YouTuber I ever watched that 
had like this energy about XRP the way that he has it. And it was very convincing. And I learned a lot just by like kind of going down his rabbit hole. And that led me to utilizing my TA and my decoding system based off of that into XRP. And it, it got my investment thesis really, really solid, you know? So shout out to him. Um, with that being said, as I was learning at that time, I heard the same story. When when Bitcoin was $5,000, I was hearing everyone say in the XRP army that Bitcoin's going to zero and that XRP is going to go to the moon. And then we got to 2021. Uh, that not, not only did that not happen, but it underperformed a lot of other coins. Like if people put the same amount of prana that they do into XRP, into Cardano in 2020 through 2021, holy fuck, you would be in a different cult. Yep. That, you that, that if you put the same amount myself. of prana, if you put the same amount of prana that you put into XRP in 2019 and 2022 into Theta, you would not be listening to this conversation right now. You would be like you'd be driving a Lamborghini on the moon. All right? So yep. stop this mess about like this thing needs to go to zero and this cuz what was the moment that we saw Cardano and Theta and XRP break out? It was after Bitcoin broke out. So watch yeah. when this Bitcoin ETF gets passed, you're going to see Bitcoin moves and then XRP is going to follow. Like these people that want Bitcoin to go to zero, like you need Bitcoin, like your hopium, your hopium actually relies on Bitcoin, which is kind of sickening, but it's a truth. And this whole, I want one thing to lose. So another thing could win kind of mentality. That's going to be hard for you in life. Like, I don't want to get too spiritual right now, but that's the kind of, that's the kind of like dude I am. You know, I actually, I used to have this energy too, where like, I thought of life as competition. I thought like in order for me to succeed, somebody else had to lose. I'm admitting that that was about five, six, seven years ago. But then I shifted as I became more spiritual. And I learned that I want my people to win so that I win. Like when my community wins, then everyone wins. And yeah. that made me stop hating on things that made me stop looking at. I want things to lose. Like who, what? solid leader wants something to lose what's how could you be a man and want some other man to lose you know i'm just talking about crypto right now but that's like that's like little boy energy like if you want to become a man and you want to be a leader of your people you think like a leader so i look at the world as it's collaboration not competition and competitions for losers when you become spiritual you start to see life in a completely different way you start to bring humanity back. This is kind of what's going on in Israel right now, right? Everyone's looking at the other group like they're the problem. They want them to lose so these guys could win. That's You're dehumanizing a whole group of people that you've never even met. These people have are fathers. These people are mothers. These people have children. And, and you're letting the news dictate your whole belief system on a whole group of people based on some fucking headlines? Like, but you know, like that's, it's the same energy. So if you're falling for that mess, then of course you're falling for this Bitcoin zero XRP moon shit. You know, it's time to become a man. It's time to grow up. Well, you just have to learn the game. I think the problem is people don't understand how it works and anybody wishing for X, you know, for Bitcoin to go to zero, they don't realize that's the death of the crypto market. If it goes to zero, so will everything else. So that's just a retarded way to look at it. I think, um, you know, one of the things I've been saying here all along for a while is the, the key 
for this market to continue to grow is liquidity. It needs money. You know, this is the same a pile of money, a trillion dollars just floating around like a blob into this to, to the 12,000 active coins. And the only way they're going to go up is if more money comes in. And I think the Bitcoin ETF is going to be a huge potential liquidity event that can drive everything much higher. Right. So the question I have for you, Waters, maybe you could pull up that XRP chart because I want to go there into that in that in the area that you had up there. Um, so we talked about, you know, it's funny, you talk about your targets, 10 to $20 and I, I literally have them on my wall here. I think $10 is extremely realistic. Um, I've got as high as, you know, if we get a double rally as high, maybe even 50. So your, your idea of 20, I don't think is unrealistic at all. The question I have for you. And I think the more important part is how low do you think we go before we go high? Do you think we retouch and retest that 31 or is 31 gone? Are we never seeing that again? And are we kind of at the lows right now? Do you think this 40 mm. to 50 range is about as low like as we're this. going? Or do we, yeah, what do you think? I'd love to yeah. I'm sure our audience would love to know too. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, yeah, I like this. Thank you. Um, so I want to bring up a couple things as some sort of evidence to promote the idea. And one, we're going to go back to the last cycle around the same time that we had a solar eclipse based on eclipse cycles. And it was right here. It was like a sucker's rally into what led to the C-19 crisis. And that was done 100% by, you know, they, they did this on purpose. This is a typical move. Get people excited. Get people happy. Get people euphoric. Get people feeling safe. And then you, it, you inject fear. You sell off the market and the same people who are selling top or buying back in at the bottom. But this was right around the time of the second solar eclipse, and we rallied throughout the entirety of it. Now, we're going to go back to this cycle, which was the last time this happened. And it was in right around September. Let me show you. Um, so this way we have a visual comparison, bringing up the Bitcoin chart right now, putting all this noise back on. We're going to go to the daily. We're going to zoom all the way back in the past to the same time, because it is very interesting to just study when XRP used to be below a penny. I urge every XRP investor if who's learning TA. Oh, by the way, excuse the noise in the background. They're doing construction. But so it was right, right around here. They're building your castle. <laughs> no, they're destroying the world around me. That's what's happening. So <laughs> you're right. You're right. So it was September 1st, 20. It was September uh, 2016, and you look at what happened to Bitcoin, okay? I think this is fascinating. We see throughout the whole end of the year, Bitcoin gained about exactly 70% till January 1st. So we're going to go from September 2016, and we're going to try to copy the idea. So here we are, and we're going to go to the end of the year, January 1st, and look at what XRP did. I mean... Seriously, even into the new year, we kind of fell and just it was like a neutral time frame. We went up a little bit, but if we were yeah. to take the entirety of the move up, it came in sooner and it was less. Yeah. So Bitcoin had a more sustainable rally that lasted longer. And by the way, you see how XRP continued down throughout this. Now look at Bitcoin. Mm. Bitcoin just kept going up and up and up. All right. So there was a difference in energy. And this is what I've been teaching in the past couple of red pill podcasts that I've released over on Patreon. It's kind of to, to show people how we could definitely have the C-19 suckers rally uh, post solar eclipse, which leads to a black swan. But I told everyone, I feel like the black swan is more now. It's more now than later. 
Um, and this aligns perfectly with the idea of them coming out with some sort of a, like some ETF, maybe into November, December. Who knows? Uh, I'm not really giving too much of my energy to that, anyways. But does this kind of answer your question of the fact that we're more likely to move up? But at the end of the day, it depends on how much dominance Bitcoin steals from this market. And it also depends on the lull time for any excitement in XRP. And until the XRP community starts investing in this thing, <laughs> then it's just going to do what it, what it does. It's going to keep pumping and dumping. Like if even 10% of the XRP community started investing 10% of all of their like extra income every other week, this thing would already be at a dollar. I don't really think people invest in this, um, to be completely honest. They talk as if they do, and they're always waiting for some exaggerated downside price. But every time that time comes, they don't take action. And every time it pumps up, you know, we just saw this happen recently in my work when I was calling out this 83 to 90 uh, cent target. And people were like, there's no way the case is over. We're going to 10. And I'm like, OK, man, sure. But there's clear evidence that that's probably not the case. So. I think that if we're going to go lower, it has to happen soon. And I don't think it's going to be as much. I don't think 31 cents is in the cards. It's just a little bit, it's a little bit too low for right now, sitting at 50 cents. That would require us, that would require us to have a a 40% pullback, you know, 30, 30 to 40% pullback. I don't think that's likely um, based on structure. And by the way, from a technical perspective, if we were to start closing below 44 on weekly candles, that would not be good. That would look very bad. That would probably show us that it'll be a little struggle to get back over 60, which is this level right here. I've been paying attention a lot to the 61 to 63 cent level because that's going to be the level to to fight when we have a buyback. I hope this is making um, sense. So somewhere in this zone. It makes total sense. So it sounds like 44 to 50 is probably where people are looking to get in. This is, this is a good accumulation period or zone in this time. Even <clears throat> not financial advice, but even right now, like given that we just talked earlier about $15, $22, you know, and you, you even brought up, you had some evidence for a $50. Um, I'm not completely against that. I just think that it would have to be in synchronicity with the overall market cap of some other coins, right? That's, That's right. how I always look. You would look at it holistically. So if we're going to keep having these uh, shit coins be a part of the conversation, which I hope they're not in 2024, but if they continue to be, um, well then, yeah, we could absolutely have these huge exaggerated ROIs, uh, which lead us to these levels. But I think that the memory is over. I think the the Shiba Inus of, of the day are, are far and gone. Maybe Shiba stays around, but that type of thing where it just goes straight line, everybody believes in it, it's based in nothingness. And uh, yeah, that, that kind of stuff, I don't know if it's going to be around in the next cycle. But if it is, then sure, XRP could go to $100 because that's just speculation, right? Yeah. But then you have to watch out, family. You guys want to watch out for this. If we start seeing $25 or more XRP, this is just my words of wisdom, get ready for a fucking crazy blow off top. Like you don't want a $50 XRP. I'm telling you right now. You actually don't want it because if it goes to 50, it's going to bust through and come right back down just as far. It might even go below $10. And that's the biggest psyop there is, Waters. Every single bull market that that I've participated in, the news articles and the headlines that they push out as the price is rising leads the everyday investor to think this is the beginning, not the end. And that's why Johnny Crypto created Merlin. And Johnny, you know me, senior engagement officer for Merlin. We got to talk a little bit about how you can use the exit plan. 
Waters, one of the biggest questions that we get in our community is, why would I sell my XRP? I know it's going to be worth $10,000 in 2030. And that's a fake number, of course. But the reason is what Waters has described throughout this entire episode. Money comes in, money goes out. If XRP goes to $50, that means it's like an elastic band. It's going to rebound just as low over the next couple of years. And Johnny, maybe this is a good time for you to talk about Merlin. Back in, tw- back in 2000, or was it 1999? We have a lot of l- new listeners here. Johnny Crypto purchased Amazon at like $9, right? And he did the same what? thing that many crypto... Oh yeah, John. Uh, honestly, uh, take it to you, my man. Let me you, tell you. You haven't heard that. You haven't so, heard his Amazon story. So in 1990, yeah, I feel like I need a glass of scotch right now and light a candle <laughs> or something. I've drank it ever since. Let Put on my bathrobe. So I bought it. You know, I loaded up on Amazon in 1997. It was like 17 dollars, and it went up to 27. I thought I was the best stock trader ever. Got 10 bucks a share. Back. Sold all of it like a moron. And then here we are 20 years later, it's at $3,300, right? So like, if I had held that, I wouldn't know you guys because I'd be a multi-multi-multi-millionaire. So, so the lesson I learned, and I've been trying to tell everybody, and the reason why we invented Merlin now, is you got to have an exit plan. And an exit plan doesn't mean you sell everything, Ab. The exit plan is exactly what you take advantage of, exactly what Waters just explained. The prices are going to go up. And they're going to come crashing down. Money's coming in. Money's coming out. It's just how it works. Look at every single stock chart in the world. There's not a single stock chart that goes straight up. They do it. Exactly I just want to give a little context. Check out the Amazon price chart. This little speck of speck of chart that we are looking at right here. That's where Johnny Crypto could have yep. become a billionaire, guys. And yep. that's exactly where we could be today. We often show the chart waters. We compare the launch of the internet to the launch of the cryptocurrency market. It is mm. 1998 when you compare those charts. And that pretty much mm. speaks for itself. Yeah. Yeah, and that's look cool. At, and look at that little bump in 2000. You see that little bump abs there in, in, in the Amazon price? And right there, it went to like, oh my God, it's going up to like 100 bucks or something. And it was like, holy cow. And I had sold at 27, was kicking myself. And then look at it. It went all the way up to the 33. So the point being is the reason why you want to have an exit plan is you set your exit plan. You ladder up on the way out because it's not going up forever. You know, in, in 10 to $12 in my and my heart is realistic. I, you know, 50, I think is a, is a pipe dream still. Even that I think is impossible. 1% chance if we're lucky, but I think a five to $10 price point, even 20 as, as, as Ward would say is realistic. Have some price point exit targets on the way up, ladder out on some of those. When it pulls back, if you miss a few, who cares? You made profit and then you can reload and buy back in again because you saw it takes a long time. Oh, there it is. It's like 20 years. For it to get up to twelve hundred, and it went up to thirty three, as you all know, eventually. <clears throat> but the point is that takes a very long period of time. There's huge opportunities along the way to do that. App. So you can click on the link below. We launch Merlin. It's live today. No more wait list. You can sign up. Link below www.merlincrypto.com and make sure you have an exit plan. Remember, Putin had an exit plan. You should have one too. You got to make sure you're not getting wrecked in this market because they will take your money. The elites will One more thing, Johnny, and I'm taking it to you in waters. This has to do with Merlin as well. If you look at what happened in 2000, we talked about the rise up, right? Went from like $9 to $100 on this chart. But check out what happened afterwards. Exactly. $100 to below where you initially bought. So at that point, you'd say Amazon's dead. That was the beginning. Imagine if you didn't take profits there in that period where you could have 5X your money, or I could have even 7X my money, right? Almost. Then I had to wait 15 years to get it back. Again, this is why 
you know, people say, oh, why would I want to sell? This is why. It's not going to just go straight up, guys. It's not happening. Everybody thinks XRP is going to 10K. I hate to burst a bunch of bubbles, guys. It probably is not going to 10K in your kids, grandkids, grandkids' futures. You know, if you get to 50 or 100, I think we'd all be happier than the pig and shit 15, 20 years from now. But, uh, you know, so take advantage. I think this is the problem. Everybody has this crazy expectation that we're going to 589 or we're going to 1,000 or we're going to 10,000. And because of that, abs, I'm afraid people are going to hold. And the bottom line is the reason why you've been pre-programmed to think that number is so the so the smart buddy can use you as exit illiquidity. So abs, we need to make yep. a shirt that says, don't be somebody else's exit liquidity. Get Merlin and get the hell out. Couldn't agree with you more. Waters, do you have any comments there just about like the Amazon comparison? Yeah. Perfect. I was going to bring up the Amazon chart, actually, because I think there's something that could be said about it really quickly. But another Perfect. thing back to what Johnny was saying is that and it's a thing that I've learned over my years doing this. It's that people aren't actually investing in XRP's technology or Ripple or the 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 depth and scope of what's happening behind the scenes what they're really investing in is their belief in the xrp army and the conspiracy around it and a lot of what these riddlers do and people have confused me for being a riddler and i'm like no i'm the guy decoding it riddlers are paid agents to confuse the fuck out of you so that you think there's something that's going to happen that will never happen and then you could always it's so vague to the point where you could just pin it back onto something but they're not teaching you skills riddlers don't teach you skills you got to stay away from people who aren't here to offer value you know any that's a big word of wisdom i think right here is because most people aren't investing in ripple they're not investing in xrp they're investing in the belief that's been kind of programmed into them based from these con the conspiracy of it all. So it's nothing different than QAnon. It's almost identical to something like a QAnon. And I know that's really, that hurts some people's feelings, but it, I hope it wakes some people up. Like it's time to wake up from this so that you can start making your investment thesis based around truth and not based around you know, fairy tales. So getting back to this uh, Amazon chart, I have a couple of structural things to point out. First of all, is after the dot-com bubble, it lost 95% of its value. Ethereum lost 90. Ethereum <laughs> also lost 95% of its value. I'm going to go over here quickly to XRP, and we're going to see something uh, actually quite similar. I'm going to hide this. I'm going to go to a weekly chart, and we're going to compare. So if we look at the losses from the 330 level down to this level right here of the C19 crash, that's 96%. Now pay attention to this nuance. So we have first 95% crash, then we come up and it's an automatic rally. It's not a new all-time high. Well, that's what we saw with XRP. We saw a lower high many years later. Then we came back down. You see this? We came back down. And then right here, when it got really exhausted, popped up a little bit. This is a really classic Wyckoff schematic, by the way. I, I don't have the time to break it down, but now I want you to see what the next bull run was. We just double topped. So that would be like, imagine the next, I'm not saying it's going to repeat like this, but I just want to help get, bring some clarity to people, less hopium, more facts. That would be like, imagine XRP only made it up to three bucks. Okay. Mm. And then it came down from three. This was bad timing, by the way. This was the 08 crisis, the subprime mortgage yeah. crisis, also during a Shemitah. So you can see we had a 65% correction right back into horizontal support. You see how clean that is? Yep. Then look yeah. at this. We went on a fucking perpetual yeah. rally in Amazon forever. 
this is this is like you had to go through all of this you had your big boom and bust cycle then you have an automatic rally cycle where it was a ton of opportunity this would have been like buying in at 17 20 cents xrp and de-risking in 2021 that would have been the same idea then you got out for how many years and you could have just bought in at this next at any of these moments and you could see that the the byproduct of this would have been dramatic 10,000 percent i'm gonna take I want to jump in really quick and take the perspective of an average retail investor, somebody who's not not as well versed in this type of technical analysis. They may look at the price chart and say, look at Johnny, the price went up for 20 straight years. Why would I use Merlin to take profit during that time? Maybe you can elaborate on that. No, I'm so glad you said that because that's exactly what my man John said here. He's like, why would I sell? Yep. You're going to hold for 10 plus years. But so you can, you can hold and do nothing. It's totally a strategy, but you're leaving a shit ton of money on the table. And if you want to, you can do that. But look at the opportunities as we've gone up and down over the years on this particular price chart. Every time yeah, people down and going up, those are opportunities, Abs, to double, triple, quadruple your, your bags or your pockets, your gener- your, you know, your wealth. So, so think about it like this, guys. Like, If you had that opportunity to get that 1,000% gain, or let's just say you only made the 500% gain, if you go back to this chart really quickly, Okay, so from right here on this initial dump in March 2001 over to this recovery, it was a full year you could have been accumulating at these lows. And let's just say you built your average position around this level right there. Then you were de-risking only 400% up. Now, if you had a dollar cost averaging strategy for that entire year before it made that rally and you de-risked at least 80% of it, getting all your money back and paying capital gains, you could have now gotten yourself out of the shit market for how many years? And you could have been reinvesting those profits into creating a business. Exactly. So that you don't have to work for the next 10 years at a job. You know, you want to make your money work for you. You got to learn how to be savvy. Like not everyone has the entrepreneurial mind. So perhaps the guy who commented before, he might be a more entrepreneurial minded, very savvy person when it comes to business like that. And if that's the case, then props to you, brother. Like I'm the same way. I'm the kind of guy that you could like throw me in the desert naked and I'll still figure out life, you know, but not everyone's. But not everyone's like that, you know, and that's and and that's also if you're somebody who's not like that, then don't feel any shame or guilt. That's okay. What I'm trying to get people to realize here is that it's probably more dangerous to think of these extremely high elevated hyperinflated price targets than it would be dangerous to take action and just de-risk. That's all I'm saying. It's more dangerous to think of XRP 589 than it is to think about taking back your initial investment, taking some chips off the gambling casino table, and perhaps situating yourself in a more prosperous two to three year cycle while everyone else is complaining and pointing fingers at their screen. You're the one that was able to actually make this money work for you. you Yeah, the other thing that happens too when you de-risk, you know, the other thing that happens real quick is that it makes you less emotional, right? Because that's yes. what the market does. It it drains your emotions, right? And like, and so when you've got your initial investment out and it's off to the side and it's kind of like that free money, you think a little bit clearer and you're less kind of prone to panic sell and do dumb things like that. And so that's another Absolutely. good reason why you want to de-risk. I think the biggest challenge is exactly the reason why people are afraid to uh, waters is for this reason right here. Bobby, thank you for this comment here. I'm afraid XRP won't be available to buy it back again. But if you look at the chart, and I know Waters just shut it down, but if you looked at the chart, there were plenty of look, look at the Amazon one. 
you know, you you could have rebought back in from 2021, uh, 2001 to 2004 at the same price you bought it at but, prior to that. And you but what does that really mean? Like, what does that really mean? You won't be able to buy it back again. Like, yeah, well, what at they... the low prices, I guess they're afraid they to be won't honest. Receive... This could be the conspiracy mindset that. Yeah, is that is very much like. the conspiracy, right? Like that they de yeah. they delisted it on some exchanges, which means that they're trying to make it so retail can't buy it. Here's the thing, family. If they make it so you can't buy it, then that means you can't sell it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like, exactly. how do you think That's commerce right. works? Have you not learned how commerce, like, this is some hand has to hand over the product or the idea or the belief or the technology so somebody else could buy it at that price? Right. And they're, then how would you sell it if there's you no can't. buying? Exactly. Yeah. So, so, the so there's, then you're yeah. So there's way. the comment right there uh, about yeah, the exchanges. Yeah. yeah. Like, I get it, family. Like, I think they're the grand conspiracy of XRP has milked people's pineal glands down to a raisin. Yeah, I, and I, you know I, what? I hate to say that's this, a quote. Waters, you could you could make that, that a T-shirt with my name. Yeah. <laughs> what is the sad part is I'm in that group. I got to be humble here. Like my a lot. You talk about people giving their prana. Like I I definitely give a lot of my energy, a lot of my prana to this project. And it started off as belief, but now I do think it's a lot of what you've mentioned. Like the belief in the conspiracies is what keeps me so excited about the idea. Yes. If XRP can capture 10% of total global trade. We're all going to have that historic wealth. It's not just that. It's everything else that comes with being in the XRP army that really keeps people so engaged. I yeah, guess it's the community say. of it. But I agree with what Gonzo said, and it's something that I could I could vouch for myself. When I first started learning about the grand conspiracy of XRP, it was really exciting. But then I learned something, some words of wisdom, which is develop your plan and trade your plan. Don't have any emotions about this. And I, I agree with what Gonzo said. The day that I sold my XRP for the first time, by the way, I initially started investing in XRP below 20 cents. And then in 2021, around March and April, I de-risked between $1 all the way up to $1.86. It's publicly nice. on my YouTube channel. You could check it out. So with that being said, I agree. The first time I ever sold XRP, I had this like feeling when you're going down an elevator and you like feel like your stomach drops off mm -hmm. of your body. Like you feel like, oh, did I just fuck? up did i make a mistake what are the, and then what's even crazier is i had to take on people's opinions in the comments about my decision to do yeah. that <clears throat> and that developed this thicker skin because when i was saying okay it's a dollar 20 i sold people are like crucifying me they're like dude you're so wrong you're gonna be so mad that you sold like all of this stuff and i'm like bro i'm feeding my family you're not feeding <laughs> exactly. my family yeah you're yeah, not 100%. taking care of my <clears throat> you're not taking care of my family joe biden's not taking care yeah. of my family nope Fucking Donald Trump is not yeah. taking care of Jerome Powell isn't taking until Jerome Powell shows up and gives me breakfast in bed. I don't want to hear about <laughs> it. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Careful. Until, that might until, be coming after he does the UBI. Yeah. Brad until, Garlinghouse Brad, until Brad Garlinghouse, yeah. until Brad Garlinghouse is like giving me a massage. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So like at the yeah. end of the day, like I developed a plan, I traded the plan. And when I first officially sold, I felt this weird emotional feeling. Right. And yeah. then it became a skill, right? Like Gonzo, like if you're somebody who's ever done like any martial arts or like fighting, like, you know, the first punch in the face you get, that's fucked up, right? Like it's weird. And then you, then you punch somebody in the face and you're like, whoa, <laughs> I have that, that you could do that to somebody. And it, what it does to you actually is it makes it so you're less reactive in public. Yeah, I heard Joe Joe Rogan said something really smart about this. He said, "Because uh, there was a guy that was really uh, uh, what's the word? You know, when you're 
somebody looks at your girlfriend and they cat call her or whatever. And then as the guy, you want to defend it. And then you go and like, you start a fight with this guy. And Joe Rogan, Joe, yeah, yeah. Joe Rogan was like, never do that. Cause you don't know what this guy can do. This guy could be an MMA fighter. This guy can have a gun. This guy could have a knife. You think you're getting into this little problem. And the next thing you know, you're dead. You're bleeding out on the floor. You know, so like you don't want to ever react. You always respond. And the greatest response of a, of a real man, of a real leader is don't give it your prana, but also go through the skill and go through the practice. So it's funny. I hear the same thing every time people that get into fighting when they get their first not when they get knocked out the first time or when they knock somebody out the first time, they learn the power of that and the power they have. And it actually makes them less likely to be aggressive in public compared to before that experience. So it's the same thing in trading. You know, you learn it like it develops calluses on your hands. You, Mm -hmm. you just get better at it. Now I'm not saying go day trades. You can expedite this process. That'll you'll lose way more money than where you started with, but it's just the whole thing of creating an investment thesis, actually having an exit strategy and then practicing that when you do that and actually implement it after a year, two years, you become really, really just engaged with the process and you become less emotional about the process. Yeah. You know, you, that's so important that you said that when I created an exit strategy, when I first sold my Cardano, it was so hard. I literally put the order in, in waters. I couldn't hit the button. It, I it didn't because my mind kept telling me this is going to keep going up. You're an idiot for yeah. selling. And then you're like paralyzed, right? It's weird. Yeah. And then the words of coach stuck in my head. He said, you know what? I made an exit plan. Stick to your fucking exit plan. And I hit the mm-hmm. damn sell button. And then I tweeted. I, te- I was like so excited. I hit the- I texted all these guys. Not that they gave a shit, but I texted them. Like, hey, I made my first sell. <laughs> you know, and, and the reason why it was such an accomplishment is because I, I, I beat my brain. I beat myself. I trained myself to go against what I think I should be doing. And the best thing I ever did was sell that Cardano at around $2 to 10 because look yeah, at wow. where the hell it went now. You know, at, at first I was pissed because it even went a little higher. And I was like, see, I said, and then when it dropped down to 20 cents, I'm like, whew, thank God I stuck to my exit plan. And that's what Merlin does is you create an exit plan and it takes the emotion out of the game because we're all emotional creatures. The market is emotional. It's rigged against our emotions for us to lose. So why not set yourself in an advantage by creating the exit plan? Merlin sends you an alert. Tells you it's time to sell, and all you got to do is go sell because that's the plan you made. Just be disciplined. If you stick to your plan, I guarantee you, anybody who sells for profit will never lose any money. Spot on, John. Yeah, we got 797 live listeners. There it is. Us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Waters, this is the reason we talk about the psychology of the market. This is what they call a Wall Street cheat sheet, and I'm sure you're very familiar with this. But what it shows is this, the optimism, the belief, the thrill, the euphoria, it's at the top of the market. The best time to purchase these assets is when everyone's panicked, there's anger, depression, maybe even some disbelief. I've got friends and family right now that have started to become more critical than ever. I actually got to speak with one of my family members this week, and he told me a story about how crypto is too shady. Did you hear Mark Cuban lost 800000 And I go, talk about a PSYOP. Internally, I'm thinking about this. They roll out articles from Kevin O'Leary and Mark Cuban, Elon Musk, and that's what the everyday person clings on to. The reality is Mark Cuban losing 800000 from his MetaMask was probably a donation to this whole, <laughs> to this whole ridiculous yeah. narrative, you know? So maybe you yeah. can talk about the psychology of the market and, and what you think. Well, yeah, again, it, it's it's what I said a little bit earlier, right? Like you heard about this uh, NFT craze or whatever when it was at the top. 
And that was when everyone was talking about how it's the future. It's this thing that we all need to give all of our, you know, focus into. And how quick was that cultural moment? I mean, it was one of the quickest moments in, in history of assets, how quickly it lost all of its value, all of its belief. And now nobody talks about it. And also look at how many influencers are now caught up in huge legal battles based on NFTs they created. You know, it's, it's, it's a big problem, you know, when all these influencers started coming out and talking about this is my new coin I have. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not entirely sure where, where we can go with these sorts of things, but you're going to have to develop what I call a bullshit uh, radar and use it in 2024, you know, develop a solid bullshit radar. Know when something is sensationalized. Know it's too good to be true. Know that Mark Cuban, $800,000 to him is like toilet paper. That's like like 10 when, bucks, when Elon Musk wakes up in the morning and takes his morning piss, he's already probably made a million dollars. Like Damn. the amount of money that these people are generating is they don't have any. Yeah. And, and you want to know how they got there, by the way, they became completely, completely emotionally severed from it. Yes, they looked at they looked at it as spending isn't a problem anymore because every time I used to think about my spending, it was putting some some ceiling on my on my growth. Now I know that's not possible for everyone. I'm not telling you to go just be this type of person who blows all your money on liabilities, but think about the Elons and the Bezoses and all these people. Like the, what got them there to these billions is what they spent their millions on were things that grew more wealth. They weren't just blowing it on nonsense, you know, like when you look at these rappers and these fucking NFL athletes and these NBA players, they get their advance. They get all of this money up front. They blow it all on liabilities. Then they're broke at retirement. Yep. And then they're paying back loan. They're in there. It's crazy. It's like it shows you the huge difference. But then there's some athletes that did it right where they started investing slowly into businesses while they were still playing. And now yep. they're out of it. And then they're they're doing so well. You know, if it wasn't for podcasts, I think we would have so much more um, athletes and celebrities failing right now. But mm -hmm. because they have that voice that they didn't, we didn't even care to listen to maybe 20 years ago. You know, 20 years ago, we didn't care about Brad Pitt's opinion. But now because of podcasting culture, we do. And we have easy access to everyone's opinion because everyone and their mother has, some, has a podcast. And nothing wrong with podcasts, of course. It's just it shows you that they can now use this podcast to reel you on in. They could use it to promote some sort of thing. And, and that's where you want to be careful. So just be aware we're in the information age. There's going to be more data coming at you than ever, which means you have more bullshit to sift through. And it's all about your intuition. And if it's sensationalized and if it's making you feel emotional, well, then it's probably it's probably controlling you. That's called brainwashing or manipulation. You know, don't let anything manipulate you do your own, do your own research and, and just be very cautious about things you commit to when it sounds sensationalized. And waters. I think a lot of people are tuned in for the sake of the 2024 decode and we've got 800 live listeners here. So I think we should dive into it before the end of the episode. What do you see? And we went over this earlier, so maybe you can give a brief recap. What do you see from an as from an astrology and a geometry perspective for 2024? We talked about the eclipse happening in April. You said you're very, very optimistic about what we could see during that time frame. Maybe you can elaborate again. Yeah. And I look at everything as energy has to go away from something for energy to be given to something else. You know, like it's like all matter and energy can't be created or like it's just here. All right. And it has to go somewhere. So as one person's become as many people become poor all of that money goes into a smaller percentage of people. That's just how this has always worked. 
going back to the kings and queens of you know the past. So we are just watching a wealth transfer, and the wealth transfer will continue. And that means that if we're going to have positivity in XRP in, in April 2024, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be positive for everything else. Okay. So I have my own theory about XRP. I probably shared it on this uh, podcast before, but it's that I think there needs to be a shitcoin washout that will come from uh, regulation, most likely tied into what's going on with Ripple and Clarity and the true ending of the, of the case as a whole against ripple and that is that could make the next bull run very different than this one than the one that we just had where we can see banks also start to become much more open about their discussion of being a custodian of private keys i think that'll become a a new part of our narrative we're going to hear things like bank of america jp morgan chase and them just be like right in front to their customer no longer behind the scenes. They're going to send out emails and stuff being like, we can be a custodian of your private keys. We know that this is already kicked off with things like PayPal and Venmo and all of they want to get they the payment processors and these fintech companies were used and they are being used by their handlers, which is the central banks to do the dirty work for them because the, the dev team at PayPal and all of these things are just a bunch of nerds. You know, like, who do you think Google hires hackers right? They hire people that they know could do the dirty work. And then that's, that's their hiring process. It's what the CIA and the KGB has always done. So I don't want to go too deep here, but I think we're going to see exoterically on the world stage. There's going to be a lot of talk of regulation and shift in kind of smart money becoming more vocal about things like Bitcoin, Ethereum, XRP, and the ISO 222 projects. And that's create a lot of uh, uncertainty in the other stuff and that again tied into regulation we could just have the market cap that we are looking at right now shift around and if that was all that happened if not a single new dollar entered this space and we just had a reorganization of the market cap back to the stuff that has some sort of either belief of the smart money or the use case for the smart money well then there you go we could already be looking at $200,000 bitcoin you know 10k eth 20 $30 XRP. If we just had a shifting away, because how many altcoins are there right now? Like the last 26, time I looked, like 24,000 or some shit like that. Okay. So if you just took the top maybe 25 projects or the top 50 projects, and that was all the market cap, and you added that all up, and then you re removed everything else, a restructuring of that would even look silly, you know? Because there's just new altcoins being made every day that only have a market cap of like $20,000 or $50,000, and they're pump and dump scams right so my opinion on 2024 is that the eclipse that's going to happen in april will shortly be followed by a ritual on the world stage on april 15th specifically this is something i've been very vocal about i'm not i don't like being the predictions guy that's not my point here i'm just trying to get people to realize there's a code that runs this world and it's not the news so april 15th of 2024 i i am I think there will be a world event and this world event will be not completely devastating, but it'll be similar to the world events that have happened on April 15th in the past. Some of which being the sinking of the Titanic assassination of Lincoln, the day during C-19 with the most cases, uh, the Notre Dame fire, the Boston marathon bombing, this type of stuff that all happened on April 15th. And wow. the nuance here 
for the decoders is that the reason it happened is one particular thing. It's because April 15th that year landed on a Monday. That's the reason why. Because Monday is moon day, Luna day. So the fact that we have a solar eclipse right before that particular day, that definitely tells me that it's going to be a fire ritual specifically. And it will have to do with air. And the reason behind the air, and we talked about this earlier, um, uh, not the specifics, but the reasoning behind it and that tweet that I came out with, the idea here behind air rituals is because we are moving into the age of Aquarius and Aquarius is an air sign. And we're giving up our water essence because we're moving out of the age of Pisces. So what does that mean? Remember, I told you energy has to go somewhere. So it leaves one and then it goes to the other. So they're going to use these next three years, in my opinion, the next three years to really hit the world hard with water, really hard. Like we're talking about flooding, land liquefaction, lots of stuff like that, like quick rainfall events that'll create new lakes, just like we saw in Greece. We're going to see a lot of that, but primarily the big, big, big events, the ones that are going to be like everyone knows about it, like what we had yesterday with Israel, will be air because we're moving into Aquarius. And this started in 2001 with 9-11, with planes flying from through the sky. And then that was air. And then you had C-19. It's a virus, goes through the sky. Then we had this, all of these um public service announcements, emergency tests that have been going on. It's not just what FEMA did last week. Every country has been getting these. This is a sign that they're preparing for something to happen so that they can utilize this tech this tech they have and their, their dominion they have over this microchip we call cell phones. So they know that that's the tracking device. They're, they don't need to chip your hand. You have a cell phone. That's it. They have access and they've just proven it. They can tap into your phone whenever they want, play this frequency, and then who knows what that's affecting. We know, you know, study Nikola Tesla. Everything is frequency. If you don't know that, you know, and you're only focusing on physical matter, well, then, yeah, you're not going to grasp a lot of this stuff. So take some time to research that. But needless to say, I think April will have some sort of event for, um, okay, why, why waters? Why does this matter? What are you talking about? Okay. Cryptocurrency and blockchain technology is here to make the world cashless, to remove all the physical currency. This is very Aquarian. The Aquarian age will have everything be digital. We already know this. Look at Apple. They've just created VR goggles that are going to be retail level that everyone will be walking around with in a couple of years. Remember what they said about the iPhone at first? They were like, oh, that's I can't afford that. That's great. They're going to give you a payment plan. And you're going to be, when it's rainy outside, you're going to see people wearing these goggles and it's going to look like sunshine. They're trying to bring in a new augmented reality type of rea you know, life. It'll be like an ongoing metaverse. That's what we're moving into, okay? So when we're supporting crypto, we always have to remember the main reason for crypto. It's to remove the physical cash. So it's, it's made me think a little bit about my thesis on gold and, and all of that other stuff. And I'm not going to go there now, but just to bring the most value to you guys, there is going to be something for crypto in 2024. And it's making me think that this might actually be the last big bull run. And the chart that we're going to start to mimic after this 2024 cycle will look like the Amazon chart where it was, or the NASDAQ or any of these indice charts, where it's just a slow meandering up sideways and up, sideways and up, low volatility, but it'll be more the long game 
right now we're in the game of pumps and dumps and big crashes and you know we're used to and desensitized to 90 percent crashes in crypto but in the yeah. stock market that shit's crazy right you only see that happen with penny stocks so um if you were to go to the tesla amazon any of these indice charts um any of these tech stock charts and you look at the c19 crash today you're not even going to be able to notice where it was without the dates if you didn't see the date line below you wouldn't know because it just looks like another day in the matrix. Yeah. So, but when you were living through it, it was, it was pretty rough. Right. So our crashes are going to start being more like the stock market, not as much like this 80 to 90%. Anyways, uh, what were you saying, Johnny? I totally, that's, we've been saying that for so long. I totally agree with you hundred percent. When you look at the chart below in the two, in the 1997 to 2001 on this chart, that was speculation. I mean, yeah, Amazon was in business. They were selling some books, but it wasn't anywhere near the full utilization that you see at today, which then allowed for that monster uh, uh, exponential curve that you see there that took off, right? Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what we're trying to tell people in crypto. The same kind of thing's going to happen. We have a speculation phase. We're in it right now. We've been in it mm -hmm. theoretically for the past three bull runs. At that's some point, way down in the future, all this stuff, the ones that do survive, that have real-world utility, that get adopted – may have a curve very similar to what we see here over time. I totally agree with you. I, I do believe this will be the last bull run. We get one last shot of speculation, and then we kind of go flat and sideways for a while as that utility What's... is being adopted and built before we see the, the next, you know, the curve take off on the ones that actually make it. What's your guys' opinion on the stock-to-flow model? Johnny, I'm going to kick it to you because I have my own take at People probably aren't going to like. Yeah, it. I would like to hear. I would like to hear all of your take. I'll let you get. Yeah, I'll let you kick it off first, Abs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no I don't want to be wrong. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm going to pull it up to show as well, just so people. Yeah. Know what we're talking about. But the stock to flow model is something that bit everybody used to use this when I first entered the market back in 2019, early 2020. The stock yeah. to flow model showed Bitcoin going to a quarter million dollars and all these different theories. I think it's it's relatively accurate, but I don't agree with with the premise behind it leading to the price figure. So I don't use it and I don't consider it very seriously. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I'm not a big stock to flow model guy either. I, I truly believe in in the liquidity events that are going to that are going to be needed to take this thing to the next level. And for me, that's going to be the Bitcoin ETF that's going to bring us to the next level. And I think that'll take us over 100,000. We'll be somewhere in that in that six figure range but where we go from there you know very very hard to say because once we get all that liquidity coming in off the btc etf all these institutions that are sitting on the sidelines saying they got one two three stock basis points to come in and i think there's predictions of that somewhere around 35 billion to maybe 100 billion you know we'll see how high it can take it off after that i'm not so sure what drives it i, I don't know if we ever see something much like maybe we like gold right after the etf Gold did a major exponential pump, and then it's kind of been flat ever since. I think we kind of get a similar thing, but uh, but I'd love to hear I'd love to hear Waters' opinion on what he thinks on this one. Let's get Gonzo's real oh, quick Gonzo. to get to Waters. Yeah, you know I think it was accurate at the beginning, and it's kind of like fallen off. Uh, like any model, like it's it's always right until it's not right. And I know that's kind of sounds crazy, but um, yeah, I, I think once you get into the later parts of the model, some of the prices can be kind of astronomical and like where does that money come from right and so um yeah i'd be interested to hear what waters has to say about it 
really quick waters. I want to give a shout out to this listener here, Oren Bowers. Shout out to this guy, always commenting positive stuff in the live chat and we love you. But this is really interesting about the stock to flow model. Look at this waters. When's the next massive gain for Bitcoin showing in this model? That would be May 6th. And I'm not sure about the exact date, but May 6th of 2024. Mm -hmm. That's right around the time that you were talking about being extremely bullish. So what, what is your take? Yeah, it's the one thing that's really helpful right now that makes things a little bit easier for us is the fact that we're not in a Shemitah year. When we're in those years, they're predictable, but they're very, very weird. When we're talking about leading into them, that's when we have lots of, you know, just unpredictable chart activity. And that's why the 2020 chart was so weird. Like there's really no other way to say it. It was very, very awkward. When you look at the 2017 cycle for Bitcoin, it was so clean. If you look at the weekly chart on Bitcoin and you pull up the 21 exponential moving average, every time we had a pullback, it kept coming back to the same level over and over and over again. It was very, very clean. It was an easy cycle to navigate, Um, even with a weird world, right? Because back then we were like just getting used to the Trumpster and like there was a lot of, you know, just division in the people and all of that madness went on. But Bitcoin did what it always does. And it had a very, very nice, clean, easy to navigate cycle. And the altcoins followed it pretty much to a T. I think we got our alt season maybe three weeks after the, a full month. And um, a lot of people were anticipating us to copy that, you know. And that's why the Shemitah is so important because it brings this chaos. It brings this, you know, this element of variables where it's not as easy to navigate for the average person. But if you're aware of this code, it is. So the reason I lay this foundation is because the next cycle, we don't have to deal with that. So it makes me wonder, are we going to be more like the 2017 cycle where Bitcoin just has this nice, clean, you know, if you look back in 2016, for instance, we had the solar cycle started in March of 2016. Then we had our second solar eclipse hit in August into basically September 2016. That would be like our, our next week. And then if you look at the chart between September 2016 to 2017, we just went up in a straight line the whole time. Like it, of course, it, it, there was chop along the way. There was 30% corrections, but a 30% correction in crypto is nothing, right? Like we're used to that. That's like, we have those all the time. So I'm starting to think that these stock to flow models and this type of stuff is going to become part of the conversation again. I just don't personally, um, want to use it anymore as a part of my analysis. I did a little bit back when I was creating my crypto mastermind course, but moving forward, I don't know if it has the same validity because if we look into, excuse the sound in the background, if we look into 2025 on that stock to flow model, um, on look into Bitcoin.com, it's showing a $450,000 Bitcoin in, in, in the summer of 2025. Like that's half, that's half, half a million, you know, that's a big number. Um, I know that there's people like Kathy Wood and all sorts of analysts out there that have been calling for like crazy Bitcoin numbers. They're talking about uh, it's going to be the global reserve and all like I, you never hear me say anything like that. Um, and I would be happy with uh, between six figures, 100 to 200,000, I think would be a great place for Bitcoin to just stop, chill out, build a lot of structure and then never come back sub 50K again. I mean, that would be glorious. I think that that would make more the most sense. Um, but this idea of looking at stock to flow into the next cycle where it goes into 450,000, we can see that in every iteration of stock to flow, once it hits that peak, we have hit it. Even in the last cycle, 
So I know people were kind of using the stretch of the line up to the percentage gains on average. We did surpass it though. So that would be like getting a $500,000 Bitcoin in the next cycle. Um, and the next cycle doesn't even actually align too much with where I would be thinking. I don't think we're going to be bullish in June or July of 2025. And then again, you could see on stock to flow, we tend to top out before the peak. We actually top out early. So if that was the case, that's showing us somewhere around Q1 2025. Um, I do believe in that, but still a $400,000 Bitcoin is a big number. So last thing I'd like to get a comment on Waters. First of all, we got 770 live listeners here. Show us some love, smash that like button, and thank you for being a part of today's episode. We talked about how 2024 is set to be a bullish year for the markets. What are you anticipating? And we went over this before, but I'd like to reiterate it. What are you anticipating for XRP once again? I've heard you reference a dollar sometime around April, but you just referenced earlier in the show that we could see 15 to $22 if we look far enough down into the bull yep. market. Yep. So what are you anticipating for the year overall? Okay, so my sequence is very simple. I actually I tweeted this out. I am okay with this 40 cent range for now. But if we're going to go to the 40 cent range lower, like maybe 45, 44, even a wick down to 41, although we already did wick down to 41 in August, um which were yeah, that happened already and the way that buyback happened, it was a little quick. So it's telling me that Seeing lower than that would be weird, but I do entertain around a 45 cent XRP first. And then by the end of the year, I actually see um, recovery. I do anticipate upwards of a 70 cent XRP before January 2024. And then, oh yeah, I could see you have the tweet up there. So great. We have some kind of information. It's clear and simple. That's my take on the short term. Uh, the reason behind a 70 cent before the end of the year has everything to do with the way Bitcoin performs after the second eclipse in a solar cycle, which would show Bitcoin being around the $30,000 level um, into this as early as mid-November, by the way. So I feel that by the new moon, November 13th, we could be seeing some recovery, 30K Bitcoin. That could be positive for XRP, get XRP above that 60 cent level, and then just keep it simple and not super, super specific. But by the end of the year, 70 cents is definitely possible for XRP. Then we have the fact that we're moving into an election year, right? So there's going to be a lot of like, it, they're just not going to stop talking about politics, especially if what's happening with Israel right now is just getting going. If that continues, that's going to be really charging the conversation. So that's going to distract people. Okay. It's going to distract people away from investing. That's good. It's good for you to be aware of. So by April, when we have that next eclipse, we tend to see Bitcoin is already breaking out into a new leg up. And for Bitcoin, that would be somewhere around Let's just say between 40, let's say between 40 and 50, you know, that 43K level sound too weird to me. And if that was to happen, of course, we can see XRP back at a dollar, a dollar plus. And um, then we have the Bitcoin having in April. We tend to actually have our last, uh, our, our next last buying opportunities around the having, um, especially if we get any weird events that happen in April that cause a quick move down. Um, and needless to say, I think by April, May 2024, we could see bit we could see XRP breaking above the 2021 highs. So into the summertime, we could be getting into that two dollar. You know, by August, we could be getting into that two dollar range. And then, if it turns out to be price discovery for Bitcoin, then you could just assume that you're going to have that three, four, five, and then it'll climb for XRP. 
It's pretty exciting. And uh, I'll s- my last notes on this is alt season is probably going to be, if it mimics more the 2018 cycle, then 2025, we could still be up. Nice. Ex- it's extended cycles are not, not weird. You know, like if yeah. we got a little bit more of an extension and, and we could totally make it all the way to February of 2024. Sorry. Yeah. 2025. Nope. Excuse me. This is what's so valuable about this. It's because a lot of people are, are debating right now. The conversation around crypto is so negative, but I've seen it in the past. It changes in an instant. And we were going to play a video of Joe Rogan. I'm not going to right now, but even people like Joe Rogan acknowledge here, here's four seconds of this video. How fascinating crypto is Bitcoin to me. I mean, that's the one that I think has the most likely possibility of becoming uh, a universal viable currency. And so although he's wrong with his argument, right, I think that we agree Bitcoin's not going to be a universal currency, but the marketing machine is getting turned on. People like Joe Rogan used to just dismiss crypto, talk, oh, isn't that, is, are they all Bitcoins? He used to call the whole market Bitcoins, but even he's saying, <laughs> I understand what it is. I think it has some real utility. That's just an example of how quickly times can change. 12 million people listen to this guy every day. I'm sure some of them had their opinion changed about Bitcoin. So That's facts. Any, final th- any final thoughts on that? How quickly things can change? Um, well, what matters the most right now is the fact that we just had this black swan event a couple of days ago in Israel, and this is going to affect the markets. It's op- it's absolutely affecting crypto right now. I just peeked over at the charts and I'm seeing a pretty big red candle on ETH. So we're here, family. Like I've been talking about this shit for a long time now. We've seen XRP break through a critical support after getting rejected at 54 cents. That's really important to consider because if, if Bitcoin starts going below 27, that's where your buying opportunities are going to start showing up because things can slide fast. It's the Bitcoin show right now. As long as Bitcoin's above 50% dominance, it's going to really put pressure on the alts. And that's a beautiful opportunity for people. So for me, I'm looking to be using this next couple of weeks to accumulate. And also I've shared uh, publicly how I've decided to even sell some of my crypto at purposefully at a loss for tax loss harvesting as a strategy. That's something that people tend to do in December. They wait. There's nothing wrong with that. But um, for me, you know, I'm just letting people know this because it's up to you to create a strategy based around what works for you. You know, don't be listening to influencers right now. Don't take what I'm saying as the word of God. It's just analysis. I know what I'm doing for my long game. I hope you have a plan for yours. And um, just this is really the time to get in your own lane and not so influenced because over the next week or so with this narrative, this will be a lot. Of, you're not going to stop hearing it. Okay. Get used to hearing the word Israel. You're going to hear it every minute of your life. Every time you go on the internet. So just protect your prana right now. I think that's crucial. You know, tune into people you resonate with and just be focused on love and community. Hey, Waters, let's do this. Cause, cause I'm, I have to agree with you. Like, this is the most exciting time for me. I love red days. I don't like green. I get nervous when we start pumping. I got to sell all that. <laughs> I like the red. And so every time everybody hears the word Israel, make sure you go buy, go DCA. This by far is the <laughs> most, the, <laughs> you hear the word Israel, just buy some freaking. Fucking- Trust me, a year from now, you're going to be thanking us all on this show for that. But I, I totally agree with you. This is the most exciting time. It's the buying time. You buy when yep. you're blood in the you buy when you want to puke. You buy when everybody thinks it's a scam. If people you guys, are saying crypto's great, you got to get the hell out. It's too late. I know we have to wrap this up, but my final thoughts on, on something is you want to know how I was so confident that we would have something happen soon? It was because I was looking at the gold chart. Gold was selling off so hard. 
And I was really confused. Like every day I was waking up and I was looking into gold and I was looking at a, a, a percent down 0.75 down another day, 0.8 down. That was a huge sign to me that smart money is out there making their moves before the event. Okay. Yeah. This is how the world works. Yep. So I just want people to be aware, you know, these are some of the indicators that I'm looking at that could really be helpful in determining like, okay, not only do we have my decode, but we have the exoteric. We have something that you don't even need to be a decoder. You could look at the gold chart. You could look at the DXY. You could look at what's going on in the indices and quickly make some confirmations that something's not adding up here. It's probably about time. So yeah, we're, we're there, man. And it's exciting. And I appreciate you guys for having me on. Looking forward to reconnecting the month. And Ward, it's just for the record, you're not paid by Bitcoin, right? According to <laughs> um, I actually am Satoshi Nakamoto. So oh, that's <laughs> welcome to another day in the matrix. I told you. We just revealed yeah. it right here on Good Morning Crypto. Yeah. What is Satoshi? 2023. We yeah, have uncovered I'm... the real Satoshi Nakamoto. And with that said, Abs. I just want to give Waters a chance. Can you remind some of our listeners where they can find your YouTube and your Twitter in case they don't know? Yeah, of course. It's Waters Above over on YouTube, and there will be a description box with all the other links everywhere else. And make sure that if you're going to follow me on any socials, that you're getting it from my YouTube because there's scammers pretending to be me every single day. New accounts are created, and unfortunately, some of them are successful at scamming, and I don't want that to happen to my people. So please make sure you use the official link tree uh link in my description thank you so much waters we got 768 live listeners joining us show us some love smash that like button we're going to close this episode out the same way we always do by saying thank saying thank you to each one of our special guests thank you to johnny thank you to gonzo and of course thank you to our special guest waters above we'll see you guys in 23 hours and like we always say warriors rise get your shit together baby thank you for joining us Woo! let's go let's go